Y'all feel good? Come on, I feel energetic. I am excited uh, to be here today. If you guys don't know who I am, I am the youth pastor here at Connect. My name is Devin. It's a pleasure to meet you. Can you guys say, what's up, D? Uh, just go ahead, turn to your neighbor, say, hey, neighbor. Today's going to help you. And turn to your other neighbor, say, hey, neighbor. You need some help. <laughs> Shots fired already. Um, no, we're going to have some fun today. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to be here. I am so grateful for my pastors, also my parents. Uh, they are uh, incredible leaders. Can you guys give it up for your leaders? We are so thankful. Show them some love. We are so thankful for our leadership. And uh, I love that they believe in the next generation and they believe in young people. And uh, I'm just, I'm so grateful to be a part of a church like this. I don't know if you guys realize this, but I want to kind of expose a few things to you. I am responsible for our student ministries of our church. And so we have well over 300 students all throughout our community, through our middle school, high school, and young adults programs. And so I hope you guys know that. We get to serve an incredible amount of people and make a huge impact. How many know, uh, I think it's so important for kids not to get secluded in cultural kind of networks, but into kingdom networks. Come on. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me already. Listen, something you need to know about me, I'm a preacher, not as much of a teacher. I'm, I'm more passion and energy and emotion than anything. And so feel free, you guys can say amen. Somebody say amen. You can say preach. Somebody say preach. You can say get it. Uh, way too many white people in here. They couldn't say that. Um, something for maybe the older generation, just keep you guys super relevant. You guys could say facts. Somebody say facts. Okay, again, that probably didn't work out so well, but whatever. Uh, feel free. You guys can say whatever you want, uh, but just don't remain silent. I promise you, I will not be boring if y'all ain't boring. Holla. It's going to be good. Uh, so one of the things I want to say before we get into the message is, uh, is I want to welcome, first of all, everybody here. Thank you guys so much. Can we welcome our guests and everybody that's coming, maybe newer to this community? And then I also want to welcome our online audience. And a special shout-out to our Framingham campus. Come on, can we show our love to Framingham? We love Framingham campus. And the team over there, we love you guys so much. Uh, listen, if you have any questions when it comes to connecting your students to our student ministries, please go downstairs to Guest Central. Uh, we'll have some questions answered for you there. And I promise you, we'll be able to serve your families and serve your students super, super well. Well, like I said, I'm the youth pastor here. What do you guys want to talk about tomorrow, this morning? Just kidding. That's not what we're going to do. Um, I, I want to talk about today uh, a specific subject that I think is so relevant and so important to our everyday lives. And I think it's going to be relevant to your community, to your family, to you specifically. I want to talk about the mind today. I want to talk about what goes on right here. Because what I've learned is in my 26 years of experience is a lot of our problems are not faced by societal problems. They're not faced by uh, our leadership necessarily. They're not faced by what we surround ourselves with. Our problems lie right within our two ears right here. And so that's what I want to address today is if you're taking notes, I believe it's on your note. Today it's I've changed my mind. That's my sermon subject for today. I've changed my mind. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. This is what it says. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by what? Changing the way you think. How many know that's important? Come on, talk to me, everybody. How many know that's important? I think it's so important and so valuable that we learn, <laughs> mom, mom just shouts, facts. <laughs> Love you, mom. You're so relevant. Um, 
It's so important that we learn how to change the way we think. Because how many know society has their cultural thought processes? But how many know that can lead you to a different kind of path that you do not want to go? I believe we need to learn how to think and to act and to talk like kingdom impact. And so I just believe that if we learn how to renew our minds, which I think is a hard process, but I think if we learn how to renew our minds, we will see life and we will have life more abundantly, like Scripture says. And so I want to give you this confession. So write this confession down. These are the next two weeks. Uh, PD has allowed me and and graced me with the opportunity to speak the next two weeks. So if nobody shows up next week, I'm probably going to get fired. So please show up to church the next week. Uh, But the next two weeks, here's a confession we're going to say. And I believe my mom taught me this. There's power of life and death in the tongue. That's why I believe in confession. And so write this thought down in your notes. In Christ, I am already free. I'm just learning how to stay free. Oh, that's good right there. I know nobody said amen, but I'm going to say amen to myself because that was real good. In Christ, I am already free. I'm just learning how to stay free. Now, what does that mean? 2 Corinthians, oh, there's another proverb. I'll get that in a second. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this. um, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. In other words, what that means is when you got saved and you surrendered your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you are made completely brand new. You are not upgraded. You are not made a better version. Come on, if you're using an illustration as a car, God's not giving you some new rims, some new tires. He's giving you a brand new engine altogether. Come on, somebody. He's giving you a brand new engine altogether. And so you have newness. But the problem is, and this is what I'm going to talk about next week, the problem is you have this godly nature, you're made new, but you still have this sinful nature. And when the two collide, how do you beat yourself? How do you get free from you? That's what I want to talk about next week. Make sure you come back. It's going to be so, so healthy for you. But in Christ, you're free. I think a lot of times, though, we don't learn how to stay free. See, because God can deliver you in a moment, but how many know you need to learn how to sustain your freedom? Because if he doesn't deliver you from your thoughts, you could go right back to the place that he just delivered you from. Oh, my gosh, that was so good. Y'all didn't even say amen at all. I'll go back to one more proverb. It says this, Proverbs 23, verse 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, your thoughts dictate and determine the course and the trajectory of your life. So I think it's important that we learn how to renew our minds. Anybody interested in that today? Come on, anybody interested in that today? Let's learn how to change our minds. Father, in Jesus' name, we just ask, Lord, that you would do what only you can do. Help us to renew our minds, to take captive our thoughts. Uh, I just ask that you would help Holy Spirit to expose lies that we've believed, uh, strongholds that may have occurred in our minds. We just ask today, from this day forward, everything changes. We walk out of here with a cognitive reconstruction that they would, we would experience just a complete and total renewal of our mind, a neurogenesis, like psychologists would say, that we would have completely brand new thought processes and thinking patterns in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Come on, everybody said? Amen and amen. Um, I remember going uh, shopping on this Monday. Men, we don't go shopping. We go hunting, so forgive me. I was going hunting on this particular Monday. Nobody got that joke, whatever. Um, Going uh, to a Sports Authority. Now, I love athletic gear. I love Nike, Adidas products, all this stuff. And so I'm driving to Sports Authority in Milford. I walk into the Sports Authority in Milford. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't realize Sports Authority was shutting down completely. What was going on? I walked into this place, and there was utter chaos and turmoil everywhere. I'm talking departments. I didn't know where the men's department was, where the women's department was. There was uh, shoes all over the floor. Like, there was total chaos everywhere. 
And I began to talk to one of the employees there, and I asked him a question. I said, yo, what happened here? This looks like a, a tornado hit this place. He goes, yeah, our manager quit on us last week, midday, and this is what happens when you don't have a manager. I thought to myself, this is a beautiful and a powerful picture of what a lot of our minds look like is we don't have departments, we don't have different categories for thoughts and where we place them. Our whole mind just looks like a complete and total mess because your mind, hear me, doesn't have a manager. And I want to talk about that today. How do you learn how to manage your mind? Because I think a lot of us, we look like this picture. The things are out of chaos, things are chaotic, things are all over the place, everywhere. But how do you put order into your mind? Now, I want to ask you this question that Jesus asked this man at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5. Write this down in your notes if you, if you like it. Go ahead and study that next time. John chapter 5, I believe it's verse 6. He asked this question, almost an offensive, really a preposterous question if you ask me. He asked this man who has been struggling with this disease and struggling with this, with this sickness for 38 years. How many know that's a long time? with a specific disease for 38 years, and he asked this question to this man, do you want to get well? Now, if you think about that, I've been struggling with something for 38 years, and this guy comes up to me and asks me to my face, do you want to get well? What kind of dumb question is that? I'm thinking to myself, that's offensive, honestly. Uh, however, how many know in their experience with walking with God and understanding God, how many know there's always an underlying principle or an underlying truth. He asks a question. He's not necessarily looking for an answer. He has the answer, but he wants to provoke something in you. Come on, somebody. Talk to me. And so I think it's because this is he says, listen, I can deliver you and get you free, but do you really want to stay free? That's what I think the problem is nowadays because how many know freedom has a cost? Freedom has a price. I would say freedom has a fight too. And so I, I can't tell you how many times when being in my office, some young people will come up to me and they'll be like, listen, I've been struggling with anxiety. I've been struggling with depression for a long time. And uh, I just don't, I just, I need your prayer. Deb, can you pray for me? And I'll be like, I'll, I'll 100% pray for you, lay hands on you, play the blood of Jesus over you. I'll do that good and well, absolutely. But let me ask you this question. Have you read any books on mental health recently? Um, have, you, have you paid for Christian counseling? Because how many, how many know that's priceless for freedom? Freedom is priceless doesn't matter the cost. Come on, somebody. We believe in Christian counseling. Uh, have you gone to the altar to get prayer after service on a Sunday? No, no, no. Then let me ask you this question again. Do you really want to get free? I want to ask you this question today, Connect. Do you want to get free when it comes to your mind? How many know there are some problems we're facing when it comes to our thoughts? Come on. But do you want to get free? Do you want to get free? Um, I remember reading this scripture for the first time and thinking to myself, this was revolutionary to me. John chapter 8, verse 32. It says this, and then you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And I love that. And hear me, it's not truth that sets you free. It's known truth that sets you free. When you know the truth, you believe the truth, that will set you free. But uh, I apply, Brian made fun of me for this last service, but I apply the law of opposite when, uh, when I read scripture sometimes. If the truth could set you free, well, that means a lie could keep you captive. Y'all hearing me? A lie could keep you captive. And so I wonder how many lies in this room we have believed over the course and trajectory of our lives. Because I would venture to say that a lot of times the lies that we've believed keep us in bondage. And that's why there's depression. That's why there's anxiety. That is why there's lack of self-control. That's why we go off in rage and anger because we have believed the lie of the enemy. Let's expose those lies. Let's argue with those lies. And then let's replace those lies today. John chapter 8 verse 32 
you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Now, because I overprepared for this message, I have so many different thoughts. And uh, I, I'm going to just write this subject down, just thoughts. Here's some thoughts on thoughts. Can you guys handle that? Just some thoughts on some thoughts, okay? Uh, first one I wrote down is this big idea. I believe it's uh, up ahead. Is this. You can't live a positive life with a negative mind. Ooh, that will preach right there. See, some of you guys have received so many blessings from God already, but because you think negatively and because you operate negatively and act negatively, you can't even see that God has blessed you already. Come on, we're the grateful people in this church. Come on, anybody grateful today for the blessings of God that he has given you in your life? But if you have a negative mindset and you have this negative preview of what life looks like, you will never recognize the blessings of God. Therefore, you will not have a positive life because we know that your thoughts are shaping your life. Come on. You can't live a positive life with a negative mind. That is so good. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to amen that myself. Here's some thoughts on thoughts, okay? Uh, I just wrote this this down. Um, When it comes to your mind, whatever you flirt with is what you will fall for. Now, let me unpackage that for a second. Um, How many know a lot of us have a lot of thoughts in our minds? And sometimes it's the thoughts you fester on. That's what you ultimately do. So I I can't look at that. I can't look at that. I don't want to look at that. I don't want to do this again. I don't want to do this again. What happens? You end up doing it because you were thinking about it and you were flirting with it for a long time. What you flirt with is what you will fall for. And so I think we can't necessarily help what comes into our minds, but we can help what we focus on a lot of times. I'm going to get into that in a few minutes. But I think a lot of us, we can really replace some of the thoughts that we have. It's not so much uh, getting rid of them, but replacing them. What you flirt with is what you will fall for. Uh, Here's another thing. Anybody ever been on a train before? Come on, audience participation. I'll go on a train a couple times a year maybe. And so I just remember this one time I was going on. I realized I had no uh, power over where the train was going, where the destination was. Hear me? This is an illustration. I'm going somewhere with this. I had no power where the train was going but I had the power to get off when I needed to get off. So I think a lot of us have followed trains of thought for a long time, and we need to learn how to get off. We have more power over our minds than we realize. I think a lot of times uh, people, uh, the people of God, will ask God for his deliverance when he's saying, I have given you the power, the authority, the tools, the spirit of God already. You can change it yourself. Come on, everybody. Is this helping anybody? I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just passionate. I told you that before. I'm not coming after anybody. I'm just trying to help. But I think we have way more power over our minds than we even realize. And so I think we apply what the scriptures say, and we use the fruit of the spirit. Fruit of the spirit is what? Self-control. There's one. It's called self-control. So we can jump off those trains of thoughts. Here's another one. Um, And this sounds heretical at first, but I promise you it's Bible and it's theological. Peace isn't a result of prayer. It's a result of your thinking. Okay, Romans chapter 8, verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind, it leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and it leads to peace. Uh, so somebody will come up to me. Dev, can you pray for me? I've really been struggling with anxiety lately. I've really been struggling with these negative thoughts. And I'll pray for them. And I think they'll experience temporary peace. Because I believe prayer changes things. Can I get an amen? Prayer changes things. However... If we got delivered from that moment temporarily, but we don't change our thinking, we will go right back to the place that God once delivered us from. Because our thought processes weren't addressed, and they weren't fixed, and they weren't renewed. Amen? That's why peace is a result of prayer. So you can pray all day, God, give me peace. Peace, in the the original language, is this word, I believe it's called Irene. Sounds like a woman's name. 
Irene, but it basically is this internal sense of well-being. That's what it means. In other words, there can be chaos going on all around you, but you can still have peace within you. How many know peace is not a result of circumstance? Peace is a posture. I'm preaching right now. I'm just going to say it to myself. So peace is a posture. And so it's not so much what circumstance dictates and tells you is happening. You can choose to have peace even in the midst of hell. Come on, you can have heaven on the inside of you, even surrounded by hell, but you can still be going through stuff, and you can still get past it because you got heaven and peace on the inside of you. Anyways, here's, here's just another one. Um, I find it ironic, those of you that are on social media or media outlets, I find it ironic that media timelines are actually called feeds. You guys following me? So a lot of times we will go on our Twitter feed, our Instagram feed, our Facebook feeds, even news outlets and media outlets, and they are literally called feeds. In other words, they're feeding you information and, and what they think is facts or what they think is truth. But how many know they're trying to get our attention? And they'll do so however they please, even if they have to distort truth a little bit. I think we've got to be really careful with what is feeding our mind. I'm going to get into that in a minute. And last one, I think this is just so powerful. Please write this down in your notes because this is going to help you. Stop calling it your anxiety. Stop calling it my depression. We, a lot of times people will act like it's their little pet that they've just been feeding for a long. Oh, here you go, little anxiety. Here you go, little depression. I'll just feed you. Here's some more. Stop calling it your own. It is not yours. You will not have it for a long time. It is going to be eliminated. It needs to be evicted out of the household. Come on. It is not your anxiety. It is not your depression. There's power of life and death in the tongue. It is not yours. It is gone. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, how do we renew our minds? How do we do this? It's the quintessential question of the day. How do we renew our minds? Now, I have three practical, just biblical pieces of counsel when it comes to maintaining freedom. But here are two other things just because I couldn't help it because I just, I was studying a lot. So two things I want you to write down. Ready? How do we renew our minds? Number one, meditation. Now, I'm not talking meditation like, um, no, that's, I, we, that's not us. But meditation is a biblical principle, Okay. So watch, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. It says this. Just write down the reference, and I'll read it real quick. Keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. How many know, um, how many know chicken that is marinated is way better than chicken that is microwaved? Oh, now you guys respond. When I talk about food, okay. Good thing I have like 15 illustrations about food coming up. Here we go. How many know chicken that's marinated is way better than chicken that's microwaved? Why? Because our generation, our culture, our society, we love to microwave things, but we don't like to crockpot them. When, when we read scripture, and by the way, you should be reading scripture. It's super healthy. It's so healthy for your soul and for your mind. When you're reading scripture, you shouldn't just read it just to read it. Actually, scripture talks a lot about studying the Bible and then meditating on the Bible. When you meditate on the word day and night, you will be promise in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, anybody want to be prosperous and successful in their life? Come on, anybody want to be prosperous and successful in their life? When you meditate on the word day and night and be careful to do everything written in it, you will be prosperous, you will be successful in Jesus' name. Come on. Meditation. Second thing, memorization. Come on. I'm, not, I'm spitting bars up here. It's rhyming and everything. Meditation and memorization. Um, Psalm chapter 119 says this, verses 11 through 15. You can just write down the reference. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord, 
teach me your decrees, and with my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in, the following, your, in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. Watch this. It even says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Hide God's word in your heart. I think a lot of times we don't know how to combat negative thoughts because we do not know scripture or we do not remember scripture. And so when you have a negative thought, I'm going to teach you how to do this in a minute. When you have a negative thought come into your mind and come into your life, you need to learn how to combat those thoughts, take captive those thoughts. But you need to have scripture to draw from, a well to draw from. There's a, there's a biblical theological principle called divine recall. In other words, the things that you read, you store in your heart, you hide it in your heart. And the Holy Spirit, in the moment you need it, will draw it out of you. Divine recall. Meditation. Memorization. Does that help anybody in here? Okay, three things when it comes to maintaining your freedom. Write this first one, the first thought down. Here we go. Is this. You feed your mind. Somebody say, feed my mind. You got to feed your mind. I love this proverb, chapter 15. It says this. A wise person is hungry for knowledge, but the fool feeds on trash. Man, that's a good proverb right there. Come on, read your Bible. It's so good. By the way, you guys know the Bible works Monday through Saturday too, right? It's not just a Sunday thing. Okay, just, just a little thought out there. Um, I remember this one time after church, I was going out, and uh, one of my favorite things to do, worship God, love hanging with people, and then one of my favorite things to do after that is just go out with my friends and go off to, you know, get food and stuff. And so one of my favorite restaurants is Chipotle. Come on, somebody. Anybody else feel the spirit of the living God come in the room right now? <laughs> I'm so weird. Um, Going off to Chipotle, you know, grab a burrito, double chicken, you know, grab some lettuce, guac, guac is life. Uh, get all that stuff, and then I eat it, consume it. You know, I felt great. Natalia, my wife, reminds me. She goes, hey, uh, babe, we're actually going to a Portuguese party after this. We're going with some of our best friends, and we'll go there. I said, okay, that's great. 45 minutes later, we get there. I walk in, and Tanya, one of our best friends, she just goes, hey, guys, we got a... Uh, you know, we got rice, beans, we got chicken, and uh, we got more stuff. And I'm like, round two, let's get it. <laughs> I was so pumped about it. Start to eat it. Eventually experience the food coma. Y'all know what I'm talking about. 30 minutes out cold, Patriots games on. And uh, 30 minutes after I'm sleeping, I hear, this, I hear this sound, and Tanya's screaming at the top of her lungs. She goes, cake. And I said, Lord, is that you, God? Is that you? And she goes, cake. And I go, uh, I'm going to come get some. And she goes, it's not chocolate. It's not vanilla. It's ice cream cake in the name of Jesus. I said, God, this is the best day of my life. I go off, consume. Uh, I think it was like, I don't know, one, three, four acres long. It was massive, okay? I consumed this massive piece of ice cream cake 15 minutes later. She goes, hey, guys, we got more cake. I go, I need another one. And my wife then reprimands me. She goes, babe, what are you thinking? You know what's going to happen to your stomach. You know what's going to happen to you. The rest. You're going to feel sick. I go, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, wife. I go off, grab a piece of cake, consume it, hit the food coma. 20 minutes later, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And my wife goes, what are you thinking? She goes, that's what happens when you feed on trash. I wonder how many of us in here have an unhealthy mind and have an unhealthy soul, an unhealthy spirit because of the trash that we've been feeding on for a long time. I think, I think a lot of us, we have the ability to... To, to consume things that are unhealthy for us. And I just want to tell you, this is a quote I heard from a preacher recently. He says, live in the Bible, but you can 
visit other books. I think it's so good. I think a lot of times, one of the best things we can do practically, go on a fast. Take, get rid of social media. Get rid of some media. Get rid of some Netflix. And why don't you go to God for some things and watch how God renews your mind and how you think. A lot of times we'll get fed things just, just not even being aware of it. You know, we're watching some shows. I'm all for it. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that says you can't watch this or you can't watch that. We're not that church at all. But I do believe that everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. That's what Corinthians talks about. Just because you're watching a show and it's not necessarily bad doesn't mean you're not getting fed trash. Forgive me. Fed trash. So we got to be so, so careful with what we are feeding on. Amen? Second thing, free your mind. Write this thought down. Free your mind. And watch. Here's a great uh, scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Somebody say divine power. To demolish strongholds. What's stronghold? I put a definition right here. A stronghold is a lie that you've believed. So some of the strongholds and the addictions and the, 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 the things we've been carrying for a long time are just strongholds. Lies that you believe for a long time. Identify those lies. Replace those lies. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And watch this. We take captive. Somebody say take captive. Every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Such a powerful scripture. How do you do this practically? Um, anybody in here ever had a jacked up thought in their life before? Oh, we got a bunch of liars in the room? Come on. Anybody had a jacked up thought before in their life? So, um, I, you know, I one time was leaving church, literally just in the presence of God, worshiping, felt great, felt amazing. I'm going off again, go to a restaurant, go with some of my friends. And uh, as I'm driving to this restaurant, this older gentleman cuts me off in the middle of traffic. I'm full of peace. I'm like, we all go ahead. And for whatever reason, he thought this was my fault. He was completely dead wrong. But he cuts me off in traffic, rolls down his window, starts to bark things that I simply cannot say from stage. And then he rolls up the middle finger. And then I go, and I had this thought in my head. I'm like, hmm, I, I, I wonder what it would be like to punch this guy in the face. And I'm like, I just got out of church. I'm a pastor. What is wrong with you, Tevin? Like, what is going on? I literally, ju- you guys are judging me right now, but you had those thoughts. Stop that. I'm just being honest, okay? We've all had those thoughts. How do you get rid of thoughts like that? Because some thoughts are a little bit more serious. Like, I will never find a husband, or I'll never find a wife one day. I won't be prosperous or successful, or, 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 or my finances are all out of whack. They're jacked up. I don't know how to get free from them. We've had those thoughts. How do you do that? Here's a principle I discovered last year, and it changed my life, is you confront audibly what you hear silently. Y'all hear me? Confront audibly what you're hearing silently. In other words, I remember this one time, I was sitting right over here, right where Jason is sitting. I'm watching one of my friends preach, and he's killing it. He's shutting it down, and he's preaching. And I just remember hearing this thought from the devil, straight from the pit of hell. It just goes, you will never preach like that one day. You'll never be as effective as he is. I just remember hearing a thought like that. And I literally had to out loud say, not being distracting to my neighbors, I literally out loud had to say, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I know I am called by God. I know I am called to do this. I know God has sent me to do this. I know, I know God has equipped me to do this. Come on, and then, and then translate it into your context. Translate it into your context. 
you know, some of you may have had some, some traumatic experiences happen in your life. I remember my friend recently, uh, just a few months ago, just got diagnosed with cancer. And he was going through chemotherapy. And I remember the moment I heard about it, we, he was in our household, I just said, we're going to pray right now. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I don't care what the doctor has said. You are the great physician, and you have the last word. We claim the blood of Jesus over his mind and over his body. And whatever the doctor said, we ask in Jesus' name that you would accelerate the healing recovery process. You have to audibly confront things that you hear silently. Come on, somebody. Some, sometimes we have these thoughts. Don't believe every thought you hear in your head. Come on, your, your mind will lie to you. And so that's why we take captive these thoughts. We make it obedient, make it submissive to Christ. Amen. We, we got to learn how to free our minds. Third thing, last thing is this, is we need to learn how to focus our minds. Somebody say focus. We need to learn how to focus our minds. Now watch. This scripture changed my life. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. Come on, say this after me. Say true. Whatever is noble, say noble. Whatever is right, say right. Pure, say pure. Lovely. Whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Watch. What is, what's that big principle right here? Focusing your mind. Um, we had a very hard experience recently that, that we shared with some of our best friends. And so I had a little preaching trip in Orlando. And so we extended it on vacation. We came back. The day we came back, um, our friends came over to our house. And... Uh, they sit down on our couch, about a minute sitting down into our couch. Uh, she says, she goes, it's about the baby. And we immediately knew what that meant. And our friend was five and a half months or six months pregnant. And she had a miscarriage as they were walking into the gender reveal. So that's when they found out that the baby didn't have a heartbeat. And so they came in, sat down on our couch, and then they begin to cry. They begin to weep. And we begin to do the same thing with them because they were like, family to us that's we 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 do life together by the way just a small little plug for community we don't do church simply to just put on events and put on services and give you good messages we put on we put on and have church so that you can find community and so you can find family that's why we do what we do it's it's so that your dark days so you can have family during dark days that's what we do this for back to it i remember we were just we were hugging I was holding her hand. I was holding his hand. And Natalia and I were just crying with them, weeping with them. And, and five minutes of just crying, silent room. I remember I felt the Lord tell me, like, you have to pray. You're, you're the pastor. you got to pray for them. I'm thinking, God, what am I going to say? I have no idea what I'm going to say. I don't know how to counsel them in this moment. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do to bring hope and bring encouragement in a moment like this. How am I supposed to communicate that? And this scripture came to mind. Whatever is true, whatever is pure, Whatever is noble, whatever is trustworthy, whatever is admirable, think about these things. And so what the Lord told me is you need to refocus right now. And so instead of focusing on the pain and the trauma that you're going through, you want to focus on me. And so I began to pray the blood of Jesus over them. I said, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I can't explain why this is happening. We don't know why this is happening. But right now we want to th say thank you, God, for the, for the little young lady that they have in their life. That this little girl who's three years old is healthy, is strong. I don't know what's happened to the young baby that got miscarried. But we just declare right now we thank you so much, God, for this young little lady. We thank you, God, for our physical health, Lord. And we just redirected our focus from what was going on in the trauma to what what God was already doing in their life and the blessings that they already had. Come on. We refocused. And so I believe in processing through your emotion. I believe in all that. And I think Christians are notorious for not doing that. 
I think we avoid things instead of confront things. However, you don't need to fester on those things. You don't need to focus on those things for a long time. You need to get healthy to get whole. But focus, stop focusing on the pain and start focusing on your God. And watch what happens. Watch the healing that takes place in your life. Amen? I'll close with this scripture. Uh, I'll close with this story, forgive me. And uh, I really believe this is going to help you. It's kind of a funnier story, but it has a principle attached to it. I remember this one time I was uh, walking into this restaurant. It's called Wings Over Framingham. Shout out to Wings Over Framingham. Walking in, grab some wings, and I go up to the front desk and I said, young man, uh, can I get uh, some teriyaki chicken? Anybody else feel God in the room? Get some teriyaki chicken. And he goes, yeah, here are all the different things I need. Uh, let me get this dragon fruit vitamin water. And then I say, at the end, he goes, what's the name for the order? And I respond, I said, um, I just watched this movie the night before called King Kong. And I just wanted to mess with this guy a little bit. I go, yeah, uh, write, the na- write down the name, King Kong. He goes, that's the name for the order? And I said, write it down, young man. And I, then I said, before I left, I said, listen, I will not respond if you do not call that name. And he goes, he literally out loud, oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Go back to my seat. I'm chilling. I'm sitting down. And, uh, and then I see 10 minutes later, this young man tries to make eye contact with me. He goes, he goes yeah, uh, your, uh, your, your order's ready, man. I said, I said, what? And he goes, oh, gee. He goes, um, he goes uh, 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 King Kong, you're... Your orders, your orders, your hand glider's ready. And I said, bro, I can't hear you. There's like 35 people in this place. It was, it's a small, compact place. He goes, bro, I can't hear you. He goes, ah, man, Uh, uh, King Kong, your your hand glider's ready. I go, one more time, young man. And he goes, King Kong, your teriyaki chicken wings are ready. I go, that's my order. Walk up to the front desk, grab it. When you call the right name, you will get the right response. Hear me. When it comes to mental health and when it comes to our minds, we are not calling on prescriptions. We are not calling on Xanax. We are not calling on prescriptive pills or doctor prescription. We are not calling on a preacher. We are not calling on a counselor. We are calling on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you call on the King of Kings, when you call on the Lord of Lords, when you call on the Prince of Peace, I promise you, your mind can get delivered. Your mind can get renewed. Your mind can get free. But hear me, it is your responsibility to maintain that freedom. And how do you maintain that freedom? You feed your mind, you free your mind, and you focus your mind. But your mind can get healed, and you can walk away here completely different than how you came in. In Jesus' name, amen? Come on, that help anybody? Can you stand to your feet? I got some time to really pray for you, but what I want to do is, is right now I want to... Uh, ask our campus pastors to come forward and get prepared to to uh, communicate and so we'll give them a moment but if you're comfortable in uh, you've been in this community for some time or if you're comfortable with it I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes and I want to minister to you for a moment because I really believe that mental health is a serious problem And I am not a psychologist, I am not a doctor, but I am a young man filled with the Spirit of God, and I know what Scripture says, and I believe that God, the same Spirit that lives in me, or the same Spirit that lives in Jesus, lives in me now, and greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. And I believe that there are some problems that can only get fixed supernaturally. 
And I believe that can happen to you today. So if you're comfortable with it, I would just ask that you place a hand on your head. And so just kind of referencing where you, where you need healing from. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, for every person in this room that has some negative thoughts, that has some uh, uh, just evil, pretentious thoughts in their mind, I rebuke it in Jesus' name and I cancel it. And I ask from this day forward that they would have the mind of Christ. Come on, I want you to start agreeing with me in faith. They have the mind of Christ in this room, that we would not think on things that have happened to us, the pain, the trauma, the trials, but Father, we think on things that are lovely. We think on things that are pure. We think on things that are admirable. We think on these things that are noble. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, I declare the blood of Jesus from head to toe that we walk out of here completely changed because we know our thoughts dictate our lives. And so from this day forward, may they never think the same, may they never operate the same, and their mind be renewed in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Now bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to give one more opportunity to everybody in this room. If you come into church for maybe the first time, or maybe you're new to this whole Jesus thing, I'm not inviting you to come to church. I'm inviting you to be in relationship with Jesus. Because ultimately, you can have your mind renewed, but you can still ultimately go to hell. And I know that's hard, but that's real. And I want you to know that heaven and hell are realities. And this is why we do what we do, is so that there's a Savior, and to claim that there's a Savior that came down all those years ago, lived a perfect and sinless life, sacrificed his life for you. He was murdered without a cause. But he did it and hung on that cross for you. But however, three days into the grave, he resurrected, indicating he was exactly who he said he was, the Son of God, the Messiah, Emmanuel, that God was with, with, uh, God with us. And so I want to give you an opportunity right now to say, I need to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And say, that's me. So I'm going to ask you to raise your hand boldly on three and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus and I want to surrender to him. One, two, three. If that's you, shoot your hand up boldly. I thank you so much for that hand and that hand and that hand and that hand and that hand. I thank you so much. I thank you so much. I thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Amazing. Come on, would everybody repeat this prayer after me? Say, Jesus. Everybody say it. Say, Jesus. I repent of my sin. I recognize and acknowledge, God, that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And from this day forward, I bow my knee and I lift my eyes to you. I surrender to your Lordship. You are my Savior, you're my King, and you're my leader. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for that prayer that those people prayed. And so, Father, I ask that you would seal that prayer in their hearts. Holy Spirit, would you empower them to live out in freedom every single day. I know, God, that from this day forward, things will never be the same again. But you would give us courage, Lord, to be able to maintain our freedom, to keep it, God. And so, Father, I just I ask these things and I seal it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Thank you guys so much. I love you all.